Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. What's up, everybody? I am Milan Jordan. Welcome back to the MMA Daily Blitz, presented by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. Also, check out our YouTube page and follow me on Twitter, at Milan Jordan. All right, big news in uh, MMA this week, of course, was UFC 285, marking the long-awaited return of one of the GOATs, John Bones Jones, and his long-awaited and long-anticipated heavyweight debut. And, well, he did John Jones things. He beat Serial Gan via guillotine choke at just two minutes and four seconds of the very first round, improving to 27-1 and one with one no contest. Uh, for John Jones, his heavyweight debut, again, first fight since February 8th of 2020. It took all of 124 seconds. Uh, the only offense Serial Gan mounted if you even want to call it that, uh, was a low blow in the first few seconds. After that, it was all John Jones. He had gone against the fence and sunk in a guillotine choke, and that was all she wrote, cementing his place as the GOAT in MMA in a lot of people's eyes. And, and you know, we didn't know what to expect from John Jones going into this week, right? It was his first fight in three years. Would, would there be any kind of rust? His first fight at heavyweight. Uh, you know, at light heavyweight, he dominated that for years and fought like a lot of top fighters and simply dominated them. He has a lot of natural ability. And, you know, he had he had a reach advantage. A long, he has an 84-inch reach. Huge advantage at light heavyweight. He was quick. He was powerful. He was, chis- he was built. He was chiseled. Now fighting uh, 40 pounds heavier, loses some of the speed, perhaps gains some power. Uh, and, you know, a lot of jokes going around uh, throughout the week, including by myself, saying that that uh, you know he had kind of a dad bod. But who knows? I mean, you don't have to be chiseled and be a you know an Adonis-like figure to to win in MMA. And uh, but you know, again, John Jones was fighting at 40, 45 pounds heavier than he's used to fighting, so uh, didn't know what to expect, right? And then you watch the UFC countdown shows and. Uh, like the the embedded shows uh, online and things like that, the press conferences and everything, and you know he seemed uh, more down to earth, right? He was you know, he was making a point to hang out with fans. Uh, he seemed to be in a better headspace, and we know he's had some issues outside the octagon the last few years. That's been well documented. But you know, if we're gonna criticize him for having those, we should also credit him for not being in trouble for a couple years, right? So again, just seems to be in a better headspace. Uh, you know. And even uh, a little more humbled uh, going into this. And and then, you know, getting inside the octagon come fight night. He did John Jones things. And after the fight, uh, he even seemed uh, humble in victory as well. Very thankful. And went to make a point to thank a lot of people. Uh, his fiance, his family, his coaches, his teammates, a lot of people, the fans. And then uh, he called out Stipe Miocic, so, who happened to be sitting in the front row at UFC 285. Wow, what are the odds? So, uh, Stipe Miocic, you know, the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time, uh, taking on one of the all-time uh, UFC greats in John Jones. That will be a fun fight to watch, uh, hopefully later this year. Now, the man, the last man to hold the UFC heavyweight belt before John Jones weighed in on this contest. Francis Ngannou uh, said on his YouTube channel that uh, he wasn't surprised that John Jones won, but was surprised that the fight was so quick that 
even Serial Gan looks surprised because he wasn't even defending, uh, that he wasn't thinking that a submission would come from where he was at, again, standing against the cage. Uh, and that was quite a great performance from John Jones. Uh, and after Jones's win, literally minutes after the win, uh, Nganu uh, congratulated the new champ on Twitter, uh, saying, great job, Johnny boy, and sincerely, the heavyweight king. Uh, in response, uh, in a press conference, post-fight press conference, John Jones well, called him a big old bleep, some names, and uh, uh, before turning his attention toward a future fight against, uh, again, ex-UFC champ Stephen Miacic. So we're going to see 35-year-old John Jones against 40-year-old Stephen Miacic for the heavyweight crown, probably during International Fight Week in July. Uh, this is something that the the UFC uh, they like to have a huge marquee event for International Fight Week, maybe even a couple fights. And look, when you got John Jones, Stephen Miocic, the greatest heavyweight of all time against the greatest light heavyweight of all time, now uh, fighting his second fight in the heavyweight division with a new belt, that he doesn't get much bigger than that. And and look, you know, going into this fight week and the fight itself, it was an event. It was a true event that you know we haven't seen for a while in in the UFC. I mean, we've had some good matchups, good fights, but. It's different, like when a Conor McGregor fights, when John Jones fights, when Ronda Rousey fought or GSP, you just, it's Anderson Silva to a point, but like you had, it's not just for the hardcore MMA fans, but even the casual MMA fans tuning in, but people who don't follow MMA, who don't know anything about MMA, they know who John Jones is, they know who Conor McGregor is, right? So they, you know, John Jones fighting, especially after such a long layoff, such huge hype, such anticipation, uh, it was just a, a huge buzz just going into and even uh, surrounding the event itself and the card itself and really lived up to the hype uh, thanks to John Jones doing John Jones things. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, it was just huge. And then, like I mentioned, uh, John Jones, Stevie Miocic, uh, all but a done deal for later this year. Uh, again, probably International Fight Week in July, but we shall see. Now, wouldn't surprise me if this would be the last fight for both guys because – you know, Stipe, he's 40 years old, hasn't fought for a while, win or lose. I think this might be it for him. You know, he's a firefighter back in the Cleveland area. Go back to that. He's got two kids now, so wouldn't surprise me uh, if he was done, win or lose, uh, goes out on top or, you know, finally getting that fight against John Jones. Either way, John Jones, on the other hand, he had this long layoff, wanted to see if he could conquer the heavyweight division. Well, he won the belt. Now he wants to try and defend the belt, and he, he said after the fight, that uh, a champ isn't really a champ until they defend the belt. So he's going to have a chance to do that. Let's say he beats Stipe later this year. Well, who's next in the heavyweight division for either guy, right? That would make a, a really marquee matchup, right? Or a must-watch fight, a sexy matchup. You know, John Jones against who? Stipe Miocic against who? You know, I mean, Cyril gone, eh, okay, but you, maybe. But, like, doesn't have the same buzz that, uh, uh, you know, these two have themselves. And, you know, when John Jones was dominating the light heavyweight division, there were a lot of big names up there. You had Alexander Gustafson. You had Daniel Cormier for a while. You know, you had some guys, and he beat some who's who in the light heavyweight division. He didn't. He dominated. You know, they weren't slouches. Same with Stipe at the heavyweight division. So after this, I mean, the heavyweight division isn't really that deep. So I don't see Cyril Gan getting another title fight, what, three times in two-year span? He's lost the first two. So... You know, again, after this, what would happen? Uh, who knows? It again, it wouldn't surprise me if like this is the fight that both guys have wanted for a long time and hoping to have happen. And, you know, it will finally come to fruition later this year. And after that, 
we shall see. All right, the co-main event was another championship fight for the uh, women's flyweight title. And Valentina Shevchenko, the baddest woman on the planet in my eyes, well, her reign atop the 125-pound division is over. She was choked out by Alexa Grasso very late in the fourth round. Uh, Shevchenko was winning the fight, but uh, she wasn't dominating. She wasn't really controlling, but she was winning. Alexa Grasso was doing enough to kind of not just hang around, but like to be, I guess, where Shevchenko uh you know, really couldn't take things lightly, said say. You know, and Shevchenko from the get-go, she tried a couple of spinning back kicks, some spinning elbows. Well, in the fourth round, she did a tried a uh, spinning back kick and ended up costing her the belt because as she missed, uh, did not connect on a spinning back kick, and Alexa Grasso quickly pounced and and just wrapped her arms around uh, the neck of uh, Valentina Shevchenko in her face and eventually choking her out, and Shevchenko just to her credit, I just waited and waited and waited till she absolutely had to, and they had no choice but the tap, and uh, that was it. So seven flyweight title defenses. Uh, that's all for Valentina Shevchenko uh, as she loses to Alexa Grasso, who was number five going into this fight. And this is just the second submission victory in Grasso's career, her fifth straight win. Uh, now, she was one of three Mexican champions in the UFC, uh, men's flyweight champ Brandon Moreno and interim featherweight champ Yair Rodriguez being the others. And Dana White alluded uh, in the post-fight press conference that maybe having a pay-per-view in Mexico with any any combination of these three uh, current Mexican champions uh, could be a thing. So that would be really cool uh, if that were to happen. Now, given Shevchenko's long title reign, I'd be absolutely shocked if she doesn't get an immediate rematch, again, barring injury from either of these two. Uh, but, you know, new champ Alexa Grasso, she's all about that. She's fine with doing a rematch against Valentina Shevchenko and uh that other case, that will be another fun fight to watch. All right, elsewhere in the UFC 285 card in the welterweight division, Shavrat Rachmanov defeated Jeff Neal via rear naked choke uh, at 417 of round number three. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov improves to 17-0, 5-0 in the UFC. All of his wins have been finishes, now nine submissions, eight by KO and TKO. And Rachmanov continues his fast ascent in the 170-pound division. Uh, he wants to fight against Colby Covington. Not sure if that's going to happen anytime soon, but Shavrat Rachmanov uh, is making a name for himself uh, as, as a guy to look out for in the welterweight division. Elsewhere, he had a lightweight fight. Uh, Mateus Gamrat defeated Jalen Turner via split decision in the 155-pound division. And kicking off the main card was a middleweight bout as Bo Nickel, uh, up-and-coming prospect, uh, wrestling phenom, three-time NCAA Division I champ at Penn State, came in with a lot of hype, and well, he lived up to it. Uh, he defeated Jamie Pickett by arm uh, triangle in round number one. All six of Bo Nichols' fights, including two amateur fights, have been first-round finishes, all in less than three minutes. This went over Jamie Pickett. is the longest of his brief MMA career, again, taking all of two minutes and 54 seconds. Meanwhile, for Jamie Pickett, the veteran fighter, uh, he has now lost three straight fights. All right, a couple of notables from the prelim card. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, he snapped a two-fight skid with a solid performance in a unanimous decision victory over Trevin Jones. Uh, the former Bantamweight champ lost five of his last six going into this fight, but again, got back on a winning track, looking really good against Trevin Jones. Uh, another guy to look out for, Drikas Duplessis. South African continued his winning ways by beating up Derek Brunson via second-round TKO. When Brunson's corner uh, threw in the towel at the end of the round, Duplessis 
improves to 5-0 in the UFC with four finishes. Again, beat Derek Brunson via second-round TKO, continuing his impressive run after beating a top-five opponent, Drickus Duplessis, as vaulted into the conversation in the 185-pound title picture. Uh, some other uh, news from UFC 285. Uh, things got a little bit heated backstage between Bantamweight champ Aljamain Sterling and his upcoming opponent, Henry Cejudo. Uh, both fighters, of course, attended Saturday night's event at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Uh, they are scheduled to fight for the 135-pound title on May 6th at UFC 288 at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, and in a video captured by uh, ESPN, Sterling and Cejudo were shown talking trash and having to be separated by security. Uh, the fight's going to be Aljamain Sterling's third title defense. Uh, he captured about via disqualification against Petter Jan back at UFC 259 and then defeated Petter Jan in a close and contested rematch at UFC 274 uh, last April. And then he went on to finish TJ Dillashaw in Abu Dhabi at UFC 280 this past October. Meanwhile, Henry Cejudo, we talk about John Jones, uh, you know, coming back from a long layoff. Well, Henry Cejudo is going to make his first appearance when he fights this May. If and when he fights this May, uh, it will be his first appearance since coming out of retirement in hopes of regaining the championship he vacated uh, after his stop joint over Dominic Cruz back in April 2020. Uh, this was the first pay-per-view, you remember, during the pandemic in Jacksonville, UFC 249. So it will be over three years again for Cejudo, like John Jones, uh, coming out in this fight. Uh, Cejudo, of course, is an Olympic gold medalist wrestler, uh, former two-division UFC champ. Uh, he's going to enter this fight on a six-fight win streak. But again, his first fight in over three years, uh, his last loss in the octagon was against Joseph Benavidez. Uh, and a flyweight bout at the tough fin uh, 24 finale back in December of 2016. So, uh, but Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo uh, really building up that fight uh, coming up for UFC 288. And uh, looking at some other fights from that UFC 288 card in May, uh, former lightweight champ Charles Oliveira, he'll be in action taking on Benil Dariush. That should be a fun fight. Uh, Bryce Mitchell will look to bounce back from his pro loss as he'll take on surging featherweight Jonathan Pierce. And then Charles Jordan will take on Kron Gracie. Gracie will be making his first appearance inside the octagon since suffering his first MMA loss back in October 2019 to Cub Swanson. All right, looking a little bit sooner on the MMA calendar this weekend, we got Bellator 292 in San Jose, California, Friday night on Showtime with the start of the lightweight Grand Prix. The main event. One half of the uh, one one side of the bracket for the uh, lightweight Grand Prix is for the lightweight championship. When Usman Nurmagomedov puts the belt and his perfect 16 and 0 professional record on the line against former WEC and UFC lightweight champ Benson Henderson, great matchup, great first round matchup in this Grand Prix. Uh, other fights on the card will be uh, on the other side of the bracket. Tofik Musayev taking on Alexander Shabili uh, in the lightweight Grand Prix. Uh, we got a heavyweight matchup between Valentin Moldovsky and Leighton Vassal. And then Michael Benham Page, MVP, will put his 20-2 record on the line as he'll take on Goti Yamauchi in a welterweight bout to kick off the Bellator 292 card. Uh, the UFC, they're back in Vegas this weekend with a fight night card on Saturday on ESPN+. Uh, this time we'll be at the Theater at Virgin Hotels. It's a pretty decent card with a real good main event featuring a couple of top five fighters uh, former 135-pound champ and court number two bantamweight contender 
Petter Jan will face Marab Jirashvili, who's the number three ranked Bantamweight in the UFC. Uh, what has the makings of a great fight. The winner of this fight could very likely get a title shot next. Co-main event, it's a heavyweight clash between Alexander Volkov and Alexander Romanov. And then we got a 215-pound catchweight fight, Nikita Krylov against Ryan Spann. Both fighters are ranked in the top 10 in their respective divisions. Uh, Krylov fights at heavyweight. 29, uh, excuse me, 27 of his 29 wins have been finishes, including 22 first-round finishes, while Ryan Spann fights in the light heavyweight division. 18 of his 21 wins have been finishes, including 15 in the first round. Should be an explosive fight come Saturday night. Elsewhere in the featherweight division, we got Ricardo Ramos taking on Austin Lingo. In the bantamweight division, Said Nurmagomedov takes on Jonathan Martinez. And then kicking things off in the light heavyweight division, Vitor Petrino taking on Anton Turkali. It's a solid fight night card for the UFC in between pay-per-views. We had UFC 285 last weekend in Las Vegas. We got UFC 286 in London on March 18th. Headlined by Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman 3 for the welterweight championship immediate rematch. I'll look ahead to that next week on the MMA Daily Blitz. As always, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Again, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Milan Jordan. As always, thank you, and I appreciate you checking out the MMA Daily Blitz. I will talk to you later. <laughs>